Well, it's crunch time for Chris Hipkins, heading into the first leaders' debate of the election campaign tonight. Labour is languishing in the polls. Last week's News Hub Read Research poll had Labour on 26.8% support, well below a resurgent National Party on 40.9%. That was Corin Dan getting morning report underway last Tuesday, the day of the first head-to-head Hipkins versus Luxon TV debate. And the same morning, News Talk ZB's Mike Hosking told his viewers he's hosted a few of those in the past, and this was one thing to look out for on that night. Uh, there will also be a poll tonight to set the scene. That poll will almost certainly be bad news for the government, which will almost certainly lead to the first question, something along the lines of, why are you doing so badly in the polls? But there was no new opinion poll preceding that debate. Mike Hosking was possibly thinking of the TVNZ poll due the next night. Now, as it turned out, that result wasn't any better for the Labour Party leader. But on Tuesday, Chris Hipkins told Corin Dan he was still looking forward to that first TV debate for this reason. One of the things about modern campaigns is you don't actually get very much time to talk about the issues, um, and it'll be a great opportunity for us to talk about the issues. But, oh no, it wouldn't, according to Labour-aligned lobbyist Neil Jones on RNZ's Nine to Noon the day before. I think everyone thinks that they're they're mistaken. Um, I've been involved in debate prep for multiple leaders, and it's not some great intellectual discussion. A debate is a series of key messages and moments um, scripted and bounced off focus groups, and I think... Having these stronger arguments doesn't necessarily win the debate. And Nine to Noon's political panellists that morning all seem to agree that TV debates don't actually shift the dial much these days. That's bad news if true for the TV networks who've been hyping theirs up, including TVNZ's rivals at NewsHub. Its own Luxon Hipkins head-to-head was still a week away, but Patrick Gower was hyping it up like this. The ultimate political face-off. It's Chris Hipkins versus Chris Luxon in an election-defining debate. It's the showdown of the campaign. You don't want to miss this. Now, all that might just have rubbed up the wrong way the leaders of our minor parties, who did have a live debate on the same channel on Thursday night, which NewsHub called the Power Brokers debate. And with the big red and blue parties only polling about 65% put together lately, the success or failure of those other parties in October really could define the election result. The Capitals Daily The Post was not so pumped about the first TVNZ Live debate. Under the front page headline, The Loser Effect, it said both leaders had more to lose than to gain on Tuesday. And the same day on the Herald's front page podcast, political editor Claire Trevette didn't seem too excited either about Tuesday's debate. I don't know if it's the most important debate of all time. It's it's possibly not even in the top five. In the Herald, Claire Trevette said the polls in the public have shown a shrug of indifference to both Chris's, though if we're just not that into them, as she thought, that hasn't been mirrored by most political reporters who are still firmly fixated on those two party leaders. Trevette's own Herald, for example, has been handing out a Chris of the Week award each week, a contest that few other than political reporters and pundits could possibly care about. But for the upcoming debut debate on TV, Claire Trevette reckoned the mission for each Chris was this. Hipkins has to somehow persuade people Luxon is not cut out to be Prime Minister and try to reinflate his own standing with voters. All Luxon has to do is survive and not give people reason to believe he can't handle the top job. So how did the media spectacle unfold on Tuesday? Former MP Tohenere, for example, was first cab off the rank on TVNZ1 after the debate when he was asked, who won? Um, nah, there's no winner, no loser. 
And after that, TVNZ's deputy political editor, Mikey Sherman, sat on the fence. It wasn't necessarily something that someone needed to win tonight. If I did have to, I mean, I do have to hang out with them on the campaign trail, so I, I need to be careful here, guys. <laughs> ZB's Mike Hosking said that the winners were the viewers who gave the debate a miss, while his fellow host on Drive, Heather Duplessy-Allen, said that she wished she'd watched the whole thing on Fast Forward. While the Herald's Claire Trevette, not expecting a lot, as we heard earlier, called it a snooze fest, and Herald columnist Steve Braunier said he searched in vain for an ounce of charisma among the blandness. But never mind charisma or drama, what about that contest of ideas or any new revelations? Well, there was not much there either, though Hipkins claimed to have banned fizzy drinks in schools went flat when he later had to concede that he hadn't, and Christopher Luxon sprang a surprise by announcing free lunches in schools, but next morning on Morning Report... However, Christopher Luxon told Morning Report he misspoke. What I meant by that was, um, you know, the targeted approach the government has today is something we'll continue with and continue to support. Now, on TVNZ's debate, Christopher Luxon also said twice every single health outcome for Māori and non-Māori has gone backwards. And that wasn't true, specifically for Māori in several areas, as RNZ journalist Ella Stewart showed in a data-rich analysis on RNZ's website on Wednesday. But while that went unnoticed and unreported elsewhere after the debate, one vulnerability observers were looking out for was National's data-deficient tax plan. All month, political reporters have been screeching variations of show us your spreadsheets, including News Hub's Lloyd Burr. I see you've got a folder there on your lectern. Is that um, the Excel spreadsheet of your tax plan that you've printed out and ready to release? And Lloyd Burr seemed to take it personally when Christopher Luxon didn't deliver what he wanted during 20 minutes of talking to reporters that day. Cue his signature move, walking off. For the last two weeks, and I've watched this from afar, you walk away when we've still got questions. We've still got... John Key would have post-cab for an hour and a half. No, he would not. He would. He had an hour and a half, and then he'd go, all right, cheerio, folks, catch you later. Whereas you, you're walking, if you're going to be Prime Minister, you can't do this. Just flee to your Crown car. But Christopher Luxon could and did, and Lloyd Burr later told News Hub at Six Viewers he would probably keep on doing it. Yeah, he can, and I think he will, and it's going to make for a pretty long next month, isn't it? The Christopher Luxon clamming up on this key question did give Lloyd Burr a nice line for his report from that photo op on a sheep farm, Luxon's silence among the lambs. Well, Hayden Donnell took a look at that on Midweek Media Watch with Mark Leishman last Wednesday on Nights here on RNZ National, and that included a forensic accounting of all the mixed sporting metaphors deployed by the post-debate political panel of pundits going to go with the boxing, boxing. analogy. Mm. Take the, 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 the football analogy again. He has to kick it out of the park. Mm. Chris Hipkins needed a knockout. I mean, it's a bit like Penrith versus Warriors. There was no up-the-wars moment. Hayden also took a look at the political leaders turning down invitations from Māori media. It's all in this week's Midweek Media Watch. If you missed it, it's available on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website, our section of the RNZ app, or for free wherever you get your podcasts. Now, such photo op antics prompted listener columnist Michelle Hewitson to conclude in this week's issue that politicians on the campaign trail are behaving as if they won lead roles in amateur dramatic productions in Tepuke. And she cited Long John Luxon dressed as a pirate the previous week, generating media images that she deemed cringeworthy. Likewise, Chris Hipkins the same day in Christchurch tickling a robot. But all these events are, of course, arranged by the political parties for the media's benefit. And in this campaign, the media are even staging their own events for yet more exposure for those party leaders. This week's listener, for example, carries posed portraits of them by Jane Usher, called Lens on the Leaders. 
though surely the magazine's upscale readership know full well what they all look like by now. And the Herald's Michael Nielsen has been playing pool with the party leaders for another campaign series in video. And RNZ's Charlotte Cook has been cooking with them on camera as well. Are you cleaning up? Uh, yeah, probably. After all the mess this government's left, probably cleaning up for three or six years. Clearly, many in the media didn't get Claire Trevet's memo about our limited appetite for the party leaders. Acts David Seymour there being grilled by RNZ's cook. Now on Thursday, David Seymour was out of the kitchen and into the pub for the News Hub Power Brokers debate alongside other minor party leaders, Marama Davidson of the Greens, Debbie Narewa Packer of Te Pāti Māori and New Zealand First's Winston Peters. And this was a spikier outdoors affair with insults, high fives and interjections from the beer garden audience. Rebecca, starting a job with Winston. Winston. I'm on you. I'm on you because you've got an interesting idea. Hang on a second. I'm going to be like... Oh, look, Dave, you've had a chance. That's enough. These are the kind of changes we... There are adults in the room. Can I just say that... And there was plenty more of what the Herald's political editor, Claire Trevette, called relatively cordial but robust bickering. Two days earlier, the in-studio crowd of mostly media people was told to keep it down during the TBNZ Hipkins-Luxon debate, but this is what an election debate should look like, Claire Trevette said, when the dust had settled on NewsHub's one last Thursday. And while most pundits declared the first TV debate a dull draw, or a win by default for national leader Christopher Luxon, Claire Trevette said it was quite possible Christopher Luxon was actually the loser of NewsHub's minor parties leaders debate on Thursday, because she said what went down in the pub went some way towards illustrating Chris Hipkins' claim on Tuesday that David Seymour and Winston Peters would run rings around Luxon in a coalition government. Now that conclusion would be a tough one for the sporting analogy pundits to sum up in one soundbite. How many sports are there when you can emerge as a loser in a contest you're not actually competing in? Maybe only when media pundits are wargaming an election campaign.